Hello and welcome to the Pandemie Podcast, an audio space where we explore all things bread making and baking. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Joe, and this is our very first episode of the Pandemie Podcast. Among other things, I run a small home-based bakery in Montreal, Canada, and I've been doing so for about nine months now. It was a project that was born out of passion, really. And um, it's been keeping us busy here. Truthfully, I had no faith it was going to succeed in any capacity, which, to my surprise, (laughs) um, has. Uh, I'm very fortunate for that. You can find us by searching the Instagram and Facebook handles MTL, which I will put in the show notes if you are interested in following us there. Um, In fact, I was actually apprehensive, and I was convinced that no one would ever buy a single thing. I really didn't think it was going to take off in any way. But nine months in, here we are. We're busy. We have a lot of clients and people who are really supporting us, for which I personally am extremely grateful and appreciative. And um, I thought to myself, you know what? Why not take the very few moments of rest I have and also start a podcast? Why don't we keep ourselves even busier so that I never get any (laughs) shut-eye? So here we are, the Pandemic Podcast. Why a podcast? Well, there's really three reasons. The first one is that of all the quote-unquote online mediums that I'm most comfortable with, probably podcasts would be number one. Um, I've been a devoted listener of podcasts for many, many years. I consume it excessively, and um, I learn from it. So I kind of feel like more than Instagram, more than Facebook, more than anything else, podcasting is probably what feels most natural to me. The second reason is because I'm I'm always amazed by the number of people who ask me to offer a course or if I would be willing to teach them or teach someone in their family. I get the request all the time, all the time. And I felt like this podcast would probably be a great place to share my intellectual journey in bread making and in baking. And believe me, there's an intellectual aspect to this. In fact, you could say that bread making and baking are the intersection of science and art. There's the science aspect, which is understanding how bread formulas are created, how they're put together, and what the ratios are for each of the ingredients. But there's also the art, which is the things that you can't necessarily learn by listening or by watching someone. You have to feel. You have to get your hands dirty. You have to understand when the dough is speaking back to you because it needs more rest or it isn't proofed yet or it's overproofed. You know, that part, that's art. And combined, the science and the art, that's where you get a great quality product that you enjoy eating, 
you enjoy giving away, and you enjoy selling, in my case. The third reason for starting a podcast is because I'm equally amazed at the fact that there are very few, if any, podcasts that delve into this subject matter and both share the journey and the mistakes and also teach you how to make you know quality goods at home. You would think something that has taken off the way it has during the pandemic would motivate people out there to create like me audio spaces where all of these things are being shared and the know-how is being given but that's not the case and here's an opportunity for me to be able to do that which is what i'm doing so that's where i come in and i hope to share with you listeners what i know and help you elevate your baking game if you wish which of course raises the question well who the hell am i why should you be listening to me well i'm part italian and really my bread making journey began in 2017 with a trip overseas with some of my closest friends and it was while there that the spark for bread making really began. I was exposed to all of these things growing up, but I never felt this desire to learn it from myself until really that trip. We were overseas and we did what every self-respecting Italian would do. And we made tarallis. If you don't know what tarallis are, you don't know what you're missing, but I promise you it's it's a subject that I'm hoping we get into at some point in the future with the future episodes. But suffice to say that tarale are some of the most delicious things that you could ever have and are native to Italy. Although many parts of the world have their own version of, you know, what Italians would call tarale, but it began there. And we called back home, uh, in this case, one of our mother-in-laws who shared her recipe with us. And we made tarali across the Atlantic, away from home. And I fell in love with the process. I fell in love with the final result because there's something really rewarding after all the hard work you put in to bite into something and it turned out just right. Even if it wasn't just right, it was good enough that you think to yourself, wow, I made this with my hand. And that rewarding feeling, it spurs you, or in this case, it spurred me to want to learn more. When I got back home, the next step in development was, I want to learn how to make focaccia. And focaccia needs no introduction. Everyone knows what a focaccia is. And I thought, I need to learn how to make a focaccia. So I began to ask some of the Italian moms around me, who really are our living repertoires of old world recipes. And I learned how to make focaccia, fell in love with focaccia, and then thought, you know what, I'd love to make 
a really good olive bread. So I bought my first bread baking book, which is um, Jim Leahy's My Bread and the No Need Method to Making Bread, which I'm also hoping to cover as, as a future episode. And so it went from tarali to focaccia to olive bread and it became an obsession. I think as a badge of honor, people like to tell each other how long they've been doing something. You'll hear something like, I learned how to bake watching my grandmother when I was five years old. They will anchor their current knowledge to some point in the really distant past. I don't have that sort of anchor. I don't have longevity. What I do have is something a lot closer to what some people call the 10,000 rule. The idea that if you put 10,000 hours into something, you become an expert. Which is contentious. A lot of people debate that. But it's the general principle that it's the amount of hours you put into something that makes you good at it. That has been my journey. Because by nature, the truth is I'm obsessive. I'm extremely obsessive. In fact, I don't know how to have a healthy relationship with anything. I can't just casually learn something. Either I want nothing to do with it or I will obsess over something. And that's really my approach. So I became obsessed four years ago. And this obsession made me want to learn everything imaginable. Every category or product that could fall under the category of bread. And I needed to learn how to do it and how to get it right and how to do it authentically. So I wanted to learn as many things as possible. And I would come home every day and except for the last nine months where I'm probably baking, you know, what feels like a thousand hours a week for nearly four years, I basically baked six days a week obsessively. And the worst something would come out, the more times I would repeat it and the more often I would make it until I felt I had understood how to do it properly and consistently well. And so that's, that's been my approach, the 10,000-hour rule. Have I reached 10,000? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But where I lack in longevity, I've made up in pure madness and obsession. And along the way, that's where you realize how the intersection I mentioned earlier of science and art come together. You realize how important things like hydration and baker's percentages are, which in case you have no clue what I'm talking about, we'll get into at some point in the future, you begin to understand that not all liquids are created equal when it comes to baking. And that whether you're using milk or water or buttermilk makes a difference. Just like the use of butter and eggs and oil have an effect because they contain water in their own proportion and they alter the final feel of your product. You also begin to realize that the amount of yeast for the amount of flour as well as the temperature in your room and how long you want to ferment your product. All these variables have to be considered. So I did the most natural thing someone 
who is obsessive by nature could do. I started to create spreadsheets where by figuring out the amount of water in a specific ingredient, like how much water is there in a 52-gram large egg and how that amount of water could impact the final hydration. So I started to create these spreadsheets so I could figure out how much yeast I needed. If I wanted something to rise by this time or I wanted this sort of crust or crumb to my bread. Spreadsheets I still use to this day. Along the way, I think I've learned quite a bit in both how to get things right and why things go wrong. Just like I've learned how to create recipes because there's a science behind the formulas. You know, so that you can go to a restaurant or, you know, go to a store, try a bread, and not just be either impressed by its flavor or appalled by it, but in actually tasting it and feeling it, you can get a pretty good idea of what ingredients and in what proportions those ingredients were used to make that product. And then you can, in your own capacity, reverse engineer it, because that... That ultimately, that's when you've really, when you've really understood, when you can try something, fall in love with it and say, hey, I'm pretty sure I can recreate this recipe. You can jot it all down and then test it and you'll get there. You'll get about 80%, maybe 85%. And then with a couple of more tries, you can actually completely reverse engineer something because you've come to understood it. And that's, that's the science part. And I'm hoping to teach that to you, the listener, on this podcast. I run a home-based online bakery. But my intention with this podcast isn't um, going to be to promote whatever products are on the menu or anything of that sort. This is really something that is complementary to what I do. And really another outlet for me to be able to express this passion I have for bread making. And I'm hoping to encourage you to try this at home in your spare time and to fall in love with the process like I have so that you can either recreate these things at home and be really proud about, you know, the things you feed your family and you feed yourself. Or even if that's not the case, at least you'll come away appreciating the hard work a lot of these bakers put into making the things we love to eat, but very often take for granted. Truth is, pandemic is really nothing more than an outlet for me to be able to bake excessively, as I wish, and not have any of the food go to waste because people are buying it. Part of the criticism that I was getting from those very close to me and my family, and that pushed me to start the business, was that I kept baking and the food was going to waste because there are there are only so many mouths you can feed. And so my selfish logic at the time was, hey, if I start this business, I'll be able to bake more. And I'll be able to bake more varieties. Because even if I can make a hundred things, you can't make a hundred things every single week. And so eventually, you know, you start to lose your know-how on how to create some of the things you do because they're technical in nature. And so I thought, hey, I'll be able to bake as much as I want, as often as I want. 
and everyone else out there will be able to help me continue this personal passion. So here we are, and I thank you for listening, and I thank you for your support. I hope you subscribe. I promise to release content uh, periodically and cover every topic imaginable. If there's anything you want me to cover or there's something you want to learn, you can always reach out to us and we'll gladly take those things into consideration. Bread making is a craft and learning the basics and learning the formulas are not just challenging, but they are extremely rewarding. And they're a lot of fun. It really is a lot of fun to be able to create these things. And I'm going to teach you every step of the way so that you can elevate your game the way I have. And we can do it together. Thank you, and I'll see you soon. Thank you.